Farmers are the heartbeat of rural America. Congress recently invested $20 billion in America's farmers and ranchers, focusing on conservation practices and profits for future generations. Today, these funds are at risk. You're squawking over $20 billion. That USDA program, it's investment into the future for everybody. If the funding was eliminated, it could hurt farms and families. Tell Congress, protect this generational investment in the Farm Bill. Learn more at investinourland.org. Paid for by Invest in Our Land. I do think those addressing the Senate should remember where they are. Where are we, nerdcasters? We're in the second full day of the Senate impeachment trial. I'm Scott Bland, your host. People are in a pretty, I wouldn't say bad mood, but everybody's a little shell-shocked. Talking for this episode with congressional reporter Burgess Everett. Things wound down at about 2 in the morning. Our, our first episode of Impeachment After Dark last night got a little bit frayed. You had Congressman Jerry Nadler on the floor. Absolutely indefensible vote. A vote against the United States. And White House counsel Pat Cipollone. The only one who should be embarrassed, Mr. Nadler, is you. Prompting Chief Justice Roberts to enter the fray to try and calm things down. Or pick everyone up by the back collar and bash their heads together. It depends, depends how you view this next line. I think it is appropriate at this point for me to admonish uh, both the House managers and the president's counsel in equal terms. So on Wednesday, we're watching to see if they'll play nice. Today is the opportunity for the House managers to present their case on impeachment in the Senate. It's still going on as we record right now. Betting a lot of people aren't tuning in for the full thing. We're taping this at about 4 p.m. Here's what's happened today so far in about 30 seconds. Put the timer on. Okay, cool. Ready, set, go. So what happened today was the Democrats made their opening arguments for the House impeachment trial now that they've agreed on the rules for it. And what they sought to do was basically lay out all the evidence that they learned for senators, some of whom aren't as familiar with the details of the case. But they also really tried to make the case that this is key for democracy and that if they don't impeach President Donald Trump, it just sets the stage for presidents in the future to really abuse their power. And that was really their takeaway message for the day. That was White House reporter Nancy Cook. It's Wednesday, January 22nd, and today was day two of the Senate impeachment trial. So today we got a chance to talk to Burgess, who's up on the Hill following every bit of the action going on up there. I'm uh, on the third floor of the Capitol in our little windowless gallery. And he and our colleague John Bresnahan wrote a story breaking down what they see as the five main factions in the Senate that are really going to decide how the eventual vote on this trial goes. Faction one. Um, the most prominent one uh, would be sort of, you, you, they're going to be shorthanded as moderates, although I, I would argue not all of them are moderates, but we were calling them the new three amigos. He and John called it the three amigos part de. It's a three language subhead. Anyway, who are these people? That would be Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski. These are the people who are most interested in hearing witnesses and new evidence. Um, they sort of fought for this pivot point in the trial where they get to consider uh, whether to take up new evidence after the opening arguments and the question and answer session. Then there's this group that we dubbed the Republican Institutionalists, Faction 2. And after that, you know, there's 47 Senate Democrats. So now you're looking at those three Republicans. And then now the question is, where do you find a fourth, a fifth, a sixth vote for witnesses? And we're looking at sort of these Senate institutionalists, traditionalists. Uh, these are people that are fairly close to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, 
They have expressed concern with the president's actions on Ukraine. They've said it's not impeachable. Um, so they'd be kind of the next layer of, of, of Republican senators we'd be looking at. Be people like Pat Toomey, Omar Alexander, Rob Portman. I would say that's probably the, the sort of nucleus of those folks um, right there. Faction three. And then after that, you're really looking at uh, most of the rest of the Republican Party, 40-plus senators are sort of, they're not going to vote with the Democrats on anything. This group is pretty big, the Trump hardliners. Uh, they want to get rid of this trial immediately. They would vote to dismiss it if they could. Um, and, and that'll be people ranging from, you know, maybe Joni Ernst of Iowa uh, to even people like Rand Paul of Kentucky are sort of the most diehard opponents of this trial. Faction four. And then on the Democratic side, there's about three, we would call them moderates, although they sort of range in ideology. Uh, people like Kirsten Cinema, Kirsten Cinema, uh, Doug Jones of Alabama, and Joe Manchin of West Virginia. Um, these folks sort of have the toughest position because they're from states that President Trump won, and they have voted sort of for people like Attorney General uh, Bill Barr. So they're sort of the, the most conservative Democrats. Um, you know, they all voted together with the leadership um, on the rules package. So there were no defections on that end. But those are the people we'll be looking to see how they vote on uh, President Trump's uh, acquittal or conviction. Faction five. And then most of the rest of the Democratic Party falls into this last category where people are pretty much ready to make up their mind about the president, uh, vote to remove him and, and, and get moving. And this includes a lot of the presidential candidates. This is probably 40-plus uh, Democrats, people like Elizabeth Warren, and then sort of your, you know, diehard liberals who have been waiting to take on the president directly, people like Maisie Hirono of Hawaii. Um, so that's sort of the way we see things breaking down, you know. Every every senator makes their own decisions, but they do sort of fall in these different categories uh, at the beginning of the trial. It would take something pretty major for there to be movement outside of these sort of areas. I mean, I think there's been a lot of attention paid to Murkowski, Romney, and Collins. Um, I'm really interested in seeing what people like Rob Portman, Lamar Alexander, and Pat Doomey do on the witness question uh, and whether... Uh, the Senate trial kind of extends and we have this second debate about witnesses and documents or whether everybody's sort of heard enough after two weeks of this and and decides to uh, to shut it down. So that's sort of the, the people that, you know, I personally am, mo am most interested in watching. Big thank you to Burgess Everett and Nancy Cook for contributing to today's Nerdcast impeachment trial special. And remember... When addressing the world's greatest deliberative body, always remember where you are. In the 1905 Swain trial, a senator objected when one of the managers used the word pettifogging, and the presiding officer said the word ought not to have been used. I don't think we need to aspire to that highest standard, but I do think those addressing the Senate should remember where they are. Come back tomorrow. We'll be back in your feed with more special coverage of the Senate impeachment trial of President Donald Trump. Thanks for listening.